Nazi with a conscience. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got to be one, it. right? Yeah. 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 Got to have. <laughs> you got to have at least one. I will help you to get out. You know. Oh, you know what I'm thinking? Double agent. <laughs> oh. Yeah, got to be. Agent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Nope>. Double agent. <laughs> Come on. Don't <laughs> he's a double agent. Nazi got your tongue? <laughs> Fuse box. Okay. This is Fusebox, number 240, Decennial, and you are looking a little worse for wear. Yeah, really. You should lay down. You're looking a little peaked. That's how the cookie guy crumbles, I guess. Well, greetings, friends, and welcome into this, the 240th edition of Fusebox, significantly entitled Decennial. And I'm your holding back the hands of time with a pair of zircon-encrusted tweezers, host, Mark Rose, and over there, behind the glowing bells and ringing LEDs is the undisputed maestro of the meters. Milk canes, everybody. Well, thank you kindly, and uh, Happy New Year, everybody. You know, let's let's make it a really, really good one, okay? Here, here. There, there. Yes, I second that statement, Mr. Keynes, and also uh, want to commemorate uh, the occasion by saying that we, here at this humble program, are now officially beginning our 10th year. Milestone of sorts, huh? I'm wondering if they're wearing parkas in hell right now. <laughs> well, some would tell us that we'll soon find out. <laughs> <laughs> True that. <laughs> yes, friends. We begin our 10th year of this show, and I just want to express uh, my sincere gratitude to all the folks who have and uh, continue to be part of our Fusebox family. I don't know what we're doing here, but I'm just as glad as a Bolivian aqua gopher on a slip and slide that you don't know either, and uh, are on that same ride, slipping along with us. (laughs) So on this one, uh, we've got a few uh, treats in store, a new piece from our buddy 42nd Street Pete and his Grindhouse Minute segment, some uh, odd happenings from uh, that place down there in that area. Down there. Also, a hilarious piece that was in the Washington Post from opinion writer Alexandra Petrie <laughs> that compares the financial shenanigans going on with uh, some of the members of the Supreme Court. We won't mention any names, Clarence Thomas. <laughs> yes. And she, uh, she compares aforementioned shenanigans 
to running a Patreon campaign complete with premiums. It's it's utterly brilliant. Uh, yes, and but also, we wanted to share a uh, really rather special thing that happened during the holidays that, uh, and I do mean special, that was a long, long, long time coming. Well, it went by pretty fast, though. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. And by the way, uh, thanks to you and Marcy for uh, hosting that, too. Uh, I, I know Jeff and I were uh, enlightened, to say the most. Oh, our pleasure, bro. I mean, I, I knew I could fill a gap in your film appreciation. Yeah, that, that gap, it, it, it's filled. Kind of like having a piece of food stuck between your teeth, but yeah, it's filled. Glad to be of service. Well, uh, when we return, all this and so, so very much less. So join us, aren't we? If I do so, it's for your own good, my dear. You know, the term grindhouse has a lot of definitions floating around out there, and many are just, well, speculation, written by folks who, for the most part, weren't anywhere near 42nd Street, or even worse, not born during its heyday. Grindhouse Resurrection Magazine sources its articles and reviews by and from the folks who were very much there, and in many cases, worked on the very films being discussed on its pages. Each issue boasts 96 pages of wall-to-wall ephemera. And you can pick up a copy at 42ndStreetPete.net and see for yourself why it has the special place in history that it truly does. Grindhouse Resurrection Magazine. Available at 42ndStreetPete.net right now. Jumping from the tracks in your neighborhood. TheFuseBoxShow.com All righty, friends. As uh, we kick off our 10th year of this here audio cartoon, uh, let me begin with this. And uh, (laughs) thanks hugely and uh, with a side of bigly to our buddy Gregory for spotting this marvelous piece for us from the Washington Post. It's a... (laughs) It's an opinion segment written by Alexandra Petri called Thanks for Being a Supreme Court Patreon. Don't forget to claim your perks. <laughs> now, friends, as many of you know, we, we too here at the show have our program listed over there at uh, patreon.com. Yeah, we nag you about it at the end of every show. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Uh, but Patreon really is a good way for folks who are uh, creating content of whatever kind to get financial help from people who dig their stuff and uh, want them to continue to do it without having to resort to selling vital organs and so forth. And uh, you're, like, out of organs, right? Oh, I'm completely sustained by a tiny alien living inside my ribcage doing all the vital work, Mr. Keynes. Yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. So, 
to uh, take that framework. The, the, the Patreon framework, not the tiny alien thing. Well, one might argue that there are alien insects inhabiting some members of the court and Congress right this very minute, Mr. Keynes. <laughs> so Miss Petrie takes the uh, Patreon idea, complete with the incentives that are given to folks who uh, help the creators out, and uh, paste it nicely onto the Supreme Court's recent flurry of uh, reports of mishandling of certain gifts given to uh, some members of that court. For example, Mr. Keynes, did you know that there are numerous financial tiers that one can choose to help out the struggling members of the high court? Uh, no, sir. I was not aware. Well, here are just a few. Uh, There are many, many, oh, many opportunities available to assist, pay, for the great justice we can expect from our donations. Because, as we all recall, Clarence Thomas said back 20 years ago that whether Supreme Court justices are paid enough for him to stay on the court. At the bottom of the tiers, you can become, well, for only zero dollars per month, A citizen not united. And uh, with that comes the perk that you can offer Justice Elena Kagan some bagels, and she can say no. For $100 a month, you can become a citizen supporter. You'll get a tote bag or stuffed gerrymander in the shape of a district of your choosing. For $500 a month, you become citizen united. All the lower-tier benefits plus one of the following clothing options. How about booty shorts that say, Citizens United? A sweatshirt that reads, I consider Roe to be settled law. How about a bobblehead of Chief Justice John G. Roberts Jr. labeled, Just Calling Balls and Strikes? Or a baseball cap that says, 6-3. Uh, For the more well-to-do among you out there, there's the $8,250 per month or $100,000 annual pledge. It's called Precedent Setters and Forgetters tier. Send a kid to school, specifically the justice's grandnephew. You don't get to pick the school. The justice does. Alternatively, though, you could sponsor the house of a justice's mother. Just saying. 15000 per month is the law and order tier. Justice Samuel A. Alito Jr. will ride on a private plane with you if the plane is already taking off and would have been going that direction anyway. Note, don't expect any special treatment. He's just there to be ballast for the plane. Hey, at $50,000 per month, you get the Harlan Crow package. All the lower-tier perks plus the justice will pose for a portrait with you holding a cigar or other accessory of your choice. And justice will consider you a close personal friend. The justice will vacation on your yacht. Justice will travel on your plane. And then ProPublica will do a special report focusing on what good friends you and this justice are. And at the top of the tier list is this one, the $100,000 per month Federalist tier. Oh, for that, you'll get to host a birthday party or other special event at the court. Talk to Leonard Leo. We're sure he can work something out. Followed with this disclaimer, None of these sponsorship opportunities should be viewed as bribery. 
Obviously, this is different from bribes. This is just keeping the justices in the lifestyle they deserve, and we know you expect nothing in return. A bribe would be if the justice said, Thank you for this money, which has influenced my decision-making. You're just happy to support the court as the founders intended. Where's the humor? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I think this was pretty brilliant, and uh, you can get the whole piece at the link in the show description. I swear, it's well worth the read. Um, Personally, uh, I think this year we'll see uh, more turbulence headed towards the court for sure, as they have to uh, determine some rather crucial things regarding our election process and uh, who is and isn't going to be uh, on the ballot, if you know what I mean. Well, you know what? At this point, the Supreme Court probably needs to protect its own ass, because if that orange lunatic does get elected, the court will be one of the first things that he'll dismantle a dictator doesn't need oversight. And speaking of rampant chaos and violence, our buddy 42nd Street Pete has a treat for you today. Uh, if you're a fan of obscure Grindhouse films of the day, you gotta check out this edition of the Grindhouse Minute as uh, Pete talks about a biker movie with a big, big twist. The town had to be made safe for decent people. The enemy had to be wiped out because they were different. It could happen anywhere, but it happened in Northville, USA. Northville Cemetery Massacre. And now it's time for another Grindhouse Minute with 42nd Street Pete. This is 42nd Street Pete bringing you a Grindhouse Minute. Now, you know, everybody talks about biker films and always these bad biker films like Satan Sadist and stuff like that. But in 1976, there was actually a biker film released that the bikers were the good guys. And it was something called the Northvale Cemetery Massacre. It was shot in Detroit and it used um, the members of the Scorpions Motorcycle Club in it. And basically what happens is... This cop rapes a rich man's daughter and sets up the biker gang as the rapists. So the rich man hires a long-distance shooter to start taking out the bikers one by one. And the cops are doing it, too. So this all culminates at a biker funeral in a cemetery where they filled the coffins with weapons and shit. And there's this insane fucking shootout, even involving a helicopter and stuff. I remember, you know, when this was playing, the tagline was the day law and order went berserk and it had this big fat redneck cop holding a shotgun on the poster. It also got some kind of an award at some film festival for whatever reason. Something some with, a, a, I guess, a motorcycle film festival because it just had its uh, 40th anniversary DVD release. And it would be nice if somebody blu rayed it, but it, it's one of those weird, weird ass movies where, you know, the bikers are positive for a change and, and uh, the cops are the bad guys. Stay safe. We'll catch you on the flip side. Well, now, that's a cool change. The bikers are the good guys for once. Yeah, you know, that's just another film 
in a long line of films uh, to get a legit Blu-ray remastering. Well, you know, maybe they can put off that A3 issue of Halloween 137 and work on something folks might actually want to see. <laughs> well, one can dream. <laughs> Thanks to Pete for that 42nd Street Minute. And uh, next time, he talks about one of the most famous adult films in that particular category. And uh, no... It's probably not what you first thought of, friends. Uh, it's not Saran Wrap Fantasies 6? Uh, no. Not, 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 not that one. Seven? Alrighty. Let's grab the bug spray, mosquito netting, hazmat suit, and a case of con man be gone, and head on down to that area down there. In that area, down there. This is the craziest thing, even by Florida standards, friends, that I have ever heard. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Dateline, Orange County, Florida. Well, imagine this. You're endeavoring to get your house ready to be uh, placed on the market. You're re-roofing. You're repairing all the little things that are going to inhibit the sale of your property if uh, not fixed. Well, moving all the bodies that are underneath the lawn. Uh, that be, uh... <laughs> yes, that. And uh, just making sure that it's in the best possible shape, right? Add to this that you're doing all this final prep during the holidays. So you're getting a little tapped out. And... You've already found that new place of your dreams, and uh, you've placed a heavy deposit on it. So, imagine the horror upon returning from work one evening. You come to discover that someone has stolen your driveway. Wait, what? Yep. Amanda Brochu was appalled, to say the least. She said it all started when she put her home up for sale. Strange contractors started coming by, measuring her driveway. Her son counted at least five of them. <laughs> Brochu has since uh, contacted law enforcement, obviously. Her doorbell camera captured a bulldozer tearing out the concrete and hauling it away. Real estate agent Rocky Sanchez said, Utter shock. I've never seen this before. I've never had this thing happen to myself or anyone in our office. Sanchez is helping Brochu sell her home. She uh, posted about this situation online and believes Brochu is the victim of a scam. <laughs> but, of course, friends, in true Florida con man form, neither woman knows what the scam actually is. Sanchez said... I had multiple people come forward saying that they've seen things like this happen before, whether it be driveways, roofs, or painting. So I guess it happens more often than we actually see, she said. Authorities said they are investigating, but Brochu needs additional help. She says she, she just replaced the roof and, of course, made other investments and doesn't have the $10,000 she's been quoted to replace this concrete. If she doesn't fix the driveway and sell the home in the next couple of weeks, she'll lose out on the home she's under contract to buy down the road. She says, no one is going to buy this. This brings down the property now. 
and that just messes it up for me and my family. So the family has uh, set up a GoFundMe account to try to raise the money to pay for a replacement driveway. Well, that's a new Florida low, bro. Yeah, I, I, I concur, Mr. Keynes. This poor gal has become victim of one of the strangest cons coming out of this place in recent times. And believe me, <laughs> they've got some strange ones. You know, and it's funny, it kind of falls into that category of not really suspicious. I mean, if you were a neighbor and you, you've seen activity on the property before, you might just think, oh, well, Amanda's having a new driveway put in. No worries. Exactly, exactly. So in a way, you know, it is kind of semi-brilliant. I mean, you know, look for places that are having home improvements done and then just wait till no one is there and pluck the driveway. But that really doesn't answer the question as to what the hell they're doing with all the pilfered pavement. Oh, they mix it with grits for a delicious snack. (laughs) Yeah. Well, just one more in the list of queries so long it could pave a driveway to hell. One more of the time-encrusted questions that we endlessly ask. What the fuck, Florida? You know where you'd see this guy? Where? Mannix. Mannix? The Virginian. Toward the Virginian. Another good pull. Well, friends, if you've been following this show for the past years... My sincere thanks. And then also, you you no doubt have heard my uh, colleague over there, the lovely and talented Milt Keynes, mention one, if, if not his singularly favorite film of all time, repeatedly on this uh, program, to the extent that, well, neither Jeff nor Regina or I have actually seen this thing, and uh, Mr. Keynes thought it was high time... We did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, over the holidays, I invited you two over to have a screening. Is that is that what they call it? They do indeed, Mr. Keynes, and we did. So uh, knowing this was going to be a thing, um, I took the liberty. Oh, and, and knowing that the, you two would be smashed and not give a fuck by that time anyway, so I recorded the thing for posterity. And surprisingly, we didn't make too big a fools of ourselves. Well, no more than usual. (laughs) Right. So we screened a copy of Milt's most uh, beloved film. A fully restored Blu-ray with commentary tracks. Right, exactly. Well, we'll catch uh, those another time. (laughs) But friends, please... Tie yourselves to the radiator and uh, take the unwitting journey with us as uh, we discuss, uh, after the aforementioned viewing, which is where this bit picks up, the marvels of Love Camp 7. Roll it, Mr. Keynes. Well, there it was. Well, what do you think? Well, you know, uh... There's a lot of ways to make a a film, Mr. Keynes, and uh, that was uh, certainly one of them. (laughs) Uh, Question. Uh, Are my eyes supposed to be burning? (laughs) Bro, 
It's a grindhouse classic, man. I, I mean, this is way better film than, you know, Citizen Kane or uh, Gone with the Wind or... Uh... Well, 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 let me just say, uh, th- this was the first film of its kind. And, uh, you know, these filmmakers were, were really blazing a trail here, you know, testing the boundaries. It's 1969. Yeah, yeah. And uh, subjects like this, yeah. you know, Nazi dens of iniquity... <laughs> they uh, they weren't really addressed in films yet. I mean, not openly, for sure. I mean, you've got Pierre Pasolini's Hundred Days of Sodom, but uh, that wasn't shot until 1975. But and, uh, didn't he get murdered? I think. I- yeah, yeah, he was killed shortly after the release of that film. <laughs> what? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but you know what? He he kind of dealt with the shadow of this uh, in in uh, Solo, but. Uh, much more explicitly, and uh, I, I, that was his point, actually, you know? Yeah, I don't think anybody died in this one. Well, my soul might have died a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as an actor, though, you had to dig Maria Lise. She was excellent in this thing. Holy carp. I mean, she went... Oh, uh, she was Lieutenant Linda Harmon, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I thought... I thought she brought it. Yeah. That's the one I'm thinking about. Yeah. I mean, I think the toughest gigs are those where, as an actor, you know the project is a hot steaming pile <laughs> of shit, but you still got to bring it. So I'm assuming maybe uh, she knew that this was a hot steaming pile of shit. <laughs> but God bless her. She yeah. gave it her all. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Now, now, let me tell you something I bet you don't know. About this one. Oh. Let me guess. <laughs> Do tell. Let me guess. You were an extra in it, right? <laughs> yeah. You're Nazi number seven. <laughs> no. Hey, hot wish, bro. But no, no, no. Did you know, though, that uh, Love Camp 7 was going to be the film that eventually became Blood Feast? But Dave Friedman's partner in all of this. Uh, oh, you mean H.G. Lewis? Yeah, yeah, Lewis. Well, he hated any kind of realistic violence, right? And he'd only make films that uh, like that if it was like really over the top. Well, yeah, which uh, Blood Feast certainly is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Huh? Nope, 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 nope. Did not, uh, did not know this was gonna be that. <laughs> so uh, the the idea for this one then? Must yeah, have... they came up with this thing in 1963, but his real idea would eventually become. Are you sitting down? Uh, as far as I can tell. Okay, hey, I'm not going to sit here and stand for that, all right? I'm just saying that right now. <laughs> Let me get that on the record. Duly noted. Saw what I did there, right, though? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Good night, everybody. <laughs> You'll be here all week. It's fine. <laughs> Whether I want to or not. <laughs> no, no, that, that film did eventually get made in 1973. Oh, no, you're... You, you mean... Yeah, yeah. Ilsa, she-wolf of the SS. Wait, is that a real film? <laughs> well, now, that's a fascinating little Is factory. that a real film? Yeah, it's a real film. Okay, because I thought, honest to God, honest to God, because I've heard you guys talk about that before, I thought you were making that up. <laughs> Seriously. I thought you guys were making that title yeah, up. No. That's a real film, huh? It's a real deal, man. Okay, so how many Ilsa films <laughs> were there? And when when can I see them? 
Well, what are you doing now? I can uh, no, I'll run home and get it. Uh, well, uh, there's the the first one, She Wolf, no. and then um, I think it's She Wolf of the SS. Yes, She Wolf Ilsa. of the SS. Okay, <laughs> starring right. the just, lovely I'm Diane Thorne. Yeah, boy. Yeah, and uh, then it was uh, Ilsa. Harem keeper of the oil shoots. <laughs> now that one you're making up. <laughs> no, it's real. Uh, these are the only two in the original series, but uh, but then there's um, the Tigress of Siberia. But wait though. Oh what? Yeah, but they they, they changed her name. Well, Did, didn't they change the name of that one? The, the Tigress of Siberia. <laughs> no, that yes. was uh, Wanda the Wicked Warden. They changed her name. Oh my God! Oh, you're right. You're yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And and that one, of course, was directed by our favorite film output machine, Jess Franco, who uh, could and did shoot <laughs> two or sometimes three films at once. Uh, what? Yeah, using the same cast and you know wait, sets and. <laughs> wait, two or three films at the same time? Absolutely. With the same cast? Yes, and sometimes in multiple languages at the same time. Oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> See, I told you guys. This one was the real deal. It's the it's the one that started it all. So basically, and correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> uh, but basically, these are all porn, right? <laughs> I mean, right? They're all porn. Well, you say that like it's a bad thing, bro. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> they, they are, but yeah, well, listen, on the soft side of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not <laughs> complaining at all. I'm not familiar with the grindhouse genre, so I'm yeah. I'm thinking that grindhouse is all porn. Uh, well, no, it's oh, okay. it's, it's it's truly not. And uh, and believe it or not, I had never actually seen <laughs> Love Camp Seven. What with all the films you have upstairs? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, oh my God. I, I, well, I'm just glad I was able to uh, share this with you guys. Really, been a long time coming. Cheers. Well, I'm hoping that the burning in my eyes will stop eventually. <laughs> Love that. Well, I gotta say, that was an experience, Mr. Keynes, for sure. Hell, I, I think we should make that a holiday tradition. What, what do you say? No, I'd be up for it. Sure, sure. You know, maybe I'll bring uh, Pasolini's Solo, 100 Days of Sodom, next time for some real cheery vibes. And then we can all hang ourselves from ceiling fans. I'm in. And we're out. On this, the start of what we will all hope is a wondrously creative and uh, prosperous year for one and all. A year of accountability and justice where needed. And boy, howdy. It's needed, both in and out of the courtroom, if you get my drift. But uh, before we exit the building, some thanks to our contributors on this one, Jeff Pollard and Gregory Wilson. Thanks as well to the intra-departmental man of mystery, the high pooba of the parametric, Milt Keynes, for technical assistance and Nazi love camp wrangling. A pleasure as always, and, and folks, remember, you really can help us out in a huge way by marching over there to uh, patreon.com, the Fusebox Show, and becoming a supporting member. Yes, and leave the bribing to us. You know, for less than the cost of a tube of that stinky fish paste you never use anyway, you can assist this humble production to continue and uh, get free stuff at the same time. Free swag, folks, just for being a member. 
And uh, you get early access to shows and uh, exclusive content reserved only for our members. As well as untold and forbidden secrets of the I Know Nothings, those mythical giants that may have preceded time itself. Or not. Thanks as well to the folks at Grindhouse Resurrection Magazine for keeping the faith and the good fight going. We're right there with you, seriously. Check them out at 42ndStreetPete.net for all the details and a bunch of other fun stuff and blog posts as well. Thanks to you, friends, for once again pushing play on this edition of the show, marking the start of our 10th year. We're uh, so happy to have you along. Sincerely. I have been your almost lifelike reproduction of the original facsimile reissue host, Mark Rose, saying, until our next cartoon.